Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and I'll be reading verse 18 and 19. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The Bible says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Without these attributes of yourself, where would we be? We thank you, dear Lord, that you lavish these things upon us, even though we are so undeserving. And I pray that you would strengthen our hearts, help us to rely upon you, help us to depend upon you, help us to love you more and more each day. Thank you for salvation and what that has meant to our lives. And I pray that you would help us to share your love with others. Thank you so much for all that you continue to do, for the prayers you've answered and for the prayers that you will answer and for all that you do. We thank you for your goodness. I ask for your blessings on the word as it goes forth tonight. Use it to strengthen and to challenge hearts. And I pray that you would give me the words you'll have me to say. And may you remove from my thoughts that which you will not have me to say on this occasion. Thank you once again for your goodness. And we ask for your continued blessings and we are Grateful to you, for you alone are worthy of of the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated. We live in a world where our ability to travel and to move from place to place is greater than ever before in human history. Our advancements in engineering and science have led to revolutions in transportation. And we have the ability to travel longer distances in shorter times. We have advanced cars and trains, boats, airplanes, space shuttles. I mean, you name it, we are moving. And we are moving fast. But with all of the advancements in transportation and our abilities to move from place to place, there's one thing that must be utilized in order for our movements to happen. And that is, we must have fuel. Without it, these amazing and wonderful vehicles are not going anywhere. It is our insatiable demand for fuel that leads this world into an energy crisis that you hear so much about. It seems as though there is not enough fuel to meet the rising energy demands of all of our advanced vehicles. And we see the effects of our continual consumption on fuel, on the cost, and on the environment. 
Our needs and demands have gotten us to a point where we cannot live without fuel. The Apostle John speaks to this matter of Christian distinctiveness throughout the book of 1 John as we have seen for quite some time. And he speaks to this matter of distinctiveness. In other words, that children of God must be different from the world. Let the church say amen. He begins in chapter 4, emphasizing the importance of discerning the spirits. Why? Because we have clearly defined sides. And we saw as a result of determining the spirits, you and I as born-again believers must determine our stance. We must decide which side are we going to be on. And then we have seen for some time now the distinctiveness of his servants. We must stand out. There are some things as believers, as children of God, that are characteristic of us that are not characteristic of those who are not children of God. But I want us to notice tonight in the remaining verses in this chapter that the apostle ends this chapter number four with some what I call definitive statements. Some definitive statements. And these statements are definitive because they emphasize the absolute need for love in all that we do. You see, my friends, without love as our fuel, we are going nowhere. There will be no progress, no advancement in our efforts. Oh, listen, we can have the nicest facilities. We can have the most melodious choir. We can have the best executed events. We can have all that there is to offer from an uh, external standpoint or from the world's perspective. But if love is not the driver behind what we do, then it means we have no fuel to get the job done that God has called us to do. And so I want us to emphasize, as John emphasizes here in, in these remaining verses in chapter 4, keeping in mind that when John wrote this epistle, he had no chapters. But as those who would have divided this epistle would have it, he ends this chapter with an emphasis on this matter called love. This fuel that must be evident and characteristic in our lives in order to be distinctive. In order to get the job done that the Lord has left us here to do. And so tonight I want us to focus on verses 18 and 19 that we read. And I want you to see in these verses as it relates to our fuel, our fuel of love. Notice with me in these verses the triumph of love. The triumph of love. Now notice three things here tonight. First of all, the purity of love. The purity of love. Look at verse number 18 and how this verse begins. It says, there is no fear in love. 
In other words, John is pointing out here that when it comes to love and when it comes to this characteristic, this nature of God himself, that love has a purity about it. In that it is not contaminated by fear. It's not contaminated by being afraid. Now, John here is speaking of agape love, unconditional love, God's love. And he's saying that love for God that is pure is not characterized by being, get this, afraid of God. That's why he says there is no fear in love. No, being afraid of God is different from reverential fear. Reverential fear is godly fear. It's fear that we ought to have, uh, recognizing who he is and who we are. In other words, my friends, the Bible speaks to the fact that we ought to fear God. In other words, we ought to have respect, reverence, for God. That's not the kind of fear that he's speaking of here when he says there is no fear in love. He's saying that when you love God and when you understand the love of God, you're not going to be afraid of God. Why? Because when we understand the love of God, we recognize that God's motive is always pure. When it comes to his love for you and for me. So I'm not afraid of him. Or what he will do. Because of his actions. Why? Because his actions towards me. His actions towards you my friend. They are driven by perfect love. And when I understand that. I have nothing to be afraid of. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says. And we know that. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. In other words, sometimes we have this mindset and this view of God that somehow he's up in heaven and he's just waiting to crush me at the first uh, opportunity for my failure. My friend, that's not the kind of God we serve. This God loves you. This God loves me. And when I understand that that this is a perfect love, and when I come to grips with this love that has been shed abroad in our hearts, I'm not going to be afraid of him. Because to be afraid of him is to attribute a bad motive to him. And John is saying, when I understand this perfect love of God, There is no bad motive that can be attributed to God. And even when things happen that that may hurt me, I understand that God is perfect and God is perfect in love. And even when I'm hurting, God's motive is pure towards me and is not characterized by fear. John says there there is no fear in love. When it comes to love that that triumphs, there is a purity of this love. But notice, secondly, the power of love. He says there is no fear in love, but perfect love 
does what? Casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now notice the power of love seen in this verse. It says perfect love casteth out fear. I submit to you that, that if something is present and something else comes and cast it out, the one that did the casting is more powerful than the one that was there. And so he says perfect love casteth out fear. My friend, love is powerful. And he says, love triumphs because it has the power to remove fear. If we bring this down to our relationships and our love for others, which we can never equate our love with the love that God has for us. But do you know that the more you know for sure in your heart of hearts that someone loves you, you're not afraid to trust them. And I'm just giving us a a litmus test, in other words. I'm not saying that one's feeling of fear when it comes to our earthly relationships is a sign that we are wrong. I'm just saying that if you are afraid, it's a sign that there are some question marks about your view of their love. You see, we don't have perfect love one for another. Why? Because we are depraved. We are human. But as our love grows, it it overcomes fear. Because what happens is that it thinks the best of the other person, recognizing that person loves me. Look at what we know as the love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it it will help bring a, a clear perspective and an explanation of this love that we are talking about. You see, when we talk about love, sometimes we talk about it in glowing terms and warm, lovey-dovey feelings. But look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that we're very familiar with. Look at what, what it says in verse number 4. Charity, we know here, is a, another word for love. And it says in verse number 4, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunted not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Talking about perfect love. It's talking about agape love, unconditional love. Rejoice it not in iniquity, but rejoice it in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. 
When we take this love and we measure it up with ours, boy, sometimes it looks like where are we on the measuring stick? Doesn't it? But, but it's saying that, that, that love has, has power. It overcomes fear because when I understand uh, that the, the object of my love or the, the recipient of whom I'm receiving love from, listen, I can be calm. I can have peace. Why? Because uh, their motives are pure. My friend, there is power in the love of God. When we think of God's love for us, we are not to be afraid of trusting him. Placing our lives in his hands. Why? Because we understand that he has perfect love for you and for me. It eradicates fear. I won't be afraid to obey God because if he wants me to do something, because if he's asking me to do something, I understand that he's motivated by love and whatever he wants me to do is going to bring about something amazing in my life. It will bring about joy like I've never dreamt of. Even though I may have my own doubts. But if I fear, it means that I'm questioning God. When I trust him, any fear to believe his promises goes out the door. If fear is tormenting me to obey God, it's a sign that I really don't have the proper perspective of God's love for me. There is power in love. It, it, it casts out fear. It dominates fear. Fear is no contest for love. As a result, love triumphs. But thirdly tonight and finally, we know not only the purity of love, the power of love, but notice the propagation of love. Back in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, notice what the Bible says. It says, we love him because he first loved us. Love triumphs because it produces love. It prompts love. We love God because he first loved us. He is the initiator. He was the initiator. His love caused us to love him in return. That's a powerful example of the triumph of love. Think of the fact that you and I, my friends, we were alienated from God. We were enemies of God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now I want to clarify here that when the Bible speaks of us as enemies, 
enemies of God, it's very important that we understand that God did not make us his enemies. Mankind made God his enemy. By refusing to obey God, by abandoning God's law, mankind, in other words, shook his finger in the, in the face of God and says, God, I am abandoning you. You are now my enemy. But look at the amazing power and the triumph of love that we ended up loving God. Why? Because he loved us even when we made him an enemy of us. Do you know that true love can change people? True love changed us. If there ever was a an example of the power of love, the triumph of love is the fact that, 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 that we were enemies, we were alienated from God and God says, I'm going to love them anyway and guess what? We love them back in return. Wow. Hatred can never propagate love. Love propagates love. Love prompts love. And that is why love is the essential fuel that must be shed abroad in our hearts in order for us to truly be distinctive as believers. John says a great deal in these five chapters in this epistle. But through everything that he says and all of the distinctiveness that should be a part of our lives, there is one common thread throughout it all. The love of God shed abroad in our hearts and our response to that love. We can't function and fulfill the task that God has given to us without it. Let's remember that if we are going to be distinctive, we need it. We want it. We should want it. And here's the good news about love. Love wins. And so John says, I'm going to make a few definitive statements. After all that I've given you regarding the evidence of you being a child of God, you're not going to be able to do that without the love of God. And that is why the Bible speaks to. Listen, people are going to know that we're his disciples, not by our talents, not by our resourcefulness, not by our intellectual knowledge, not even by our 
sacrifices, but by our love. Do you know that we can sacrifice and give with our love? 1 Corinthians 13 speaks to that. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So may it be that in our hearts we have truly been touched by the love of God to love him in in return and in loving him in return there is a natural overflow to loving people and when that is evident and truly in our lives in the purest of ways it will be the fuel that propels us to accomplish what God has for us to do and we'll stand out like shining lights on a hill. We'll have a salt that savors and flavors this world around us. Why? Because love is truly the key.